90% of all scientists that have ever been alive are alive today. That's a lot of information, but don't panic. It's not an exact science. Hey, Shannon, how are you? Doing pretty good. How about yourself? Oh, can't complain. Uh, you know, things are moving along. We're, we're getting ready to coast into our slower season, which is going to be nice because it's been very busy uh, uh, like how guaranteed are you it's going to be slower is this very reliable or no i mean slow might be an overstatement right but slower is a certainty okay all right i i, I really do need to find i'm sure there's an api for gmail where i can pull down the dates of emails i receive and i, I want to graph yeah. email volume because I'm, i guarantee you it's starting to fall off right about now that's what i wanted to know <laughs> i guess now is about the time that we have to a lot of stuff to grade so yeah that makes sense it's midterm time yep yep <laughs> there'll be another giant quiet period like the week week and a half before christmas and then as soon as finals are graded and grades are due i'll get slammed again Man, that is so funny to me. Is there a similar cycle? I mean, not the same time period with industrial clients. Like, do they slow down in the summer or anything like that? Uh, it always gets busy towards the end of the financial year. Oh, okay. Yep. So if they run on a calendar year, we start getting panicked in December. Like, help! We we need to spend this money. Can you do this project right now? Um, <laughs> or a lot of them end in October. Right. Which doesn't help with our normal academic busy time. Nope. <laughs> which starts slowing down then. Um, but yeah, no, there, it's cyclic, but it's not as cyclic. Gotcha. That is interesting. Oh, in the well. summer is when more people like, well, and sometimes even opposite. Yeah, but no, the industrial people, when they go on vacation, like they set an autoresponder and they are gone and they take vacation when their kids get out of school. So winter right. break and spring break. Yeah. That's, I thought that that might, it might be an inverse relation there. So there is some of that, but also when we deal with some of these manufacturing facilities that run 24 hours a day, seven days a week, there's just because somebody's on vacation, there's somebody there and there's something that's broken. Oh, no time off. It is actually kind of stressful when we go, and you know, some of these facilities, they'll be like, we're on a 24-hour shutdown for maintenance. Like, you've got 24 hours to get in, get it done, and get out because we're coming back up tomorrow at midnight. <sighs> I mean, you've done that a lot, right? Deployed out there to take care of everything you got to take care of? Yes. Oh. And it never gets not stressful. <laughs> yep. I have no doubts. I mean, maybe you should take a vacation to an equally stressful environment. <laughs> right. Somewhere that's harsh and unforgiving. Correct. Somewhere that's bad. All the time. It's bad land. <laughs> I was really surprised we haven't talked about this. This is one of those things that I was like, oh, hmm, Interesting. Yeah, you hear people talk about the Badlands. Well, what are the Badlands? Right, exactly. So in the United States, we have 
Badlands National Park, which is in South Dakota. But actually, the term Badlands is a topographic term, and you can find Badlands all over the world. And if they're south in the U.S., they're Badlands. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But if you're north, like where they come from. They're the bad lands. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was really interesting. I had no idea that it actually does, the name of that topography does um, come from South Dakota. So the term badlands is a Lakota Sioux term, Mako Sika, which literally translates to bad lands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are these lands? They're not very good. Bad lands. <laughs> yeah. So what what is a Badland area. Um, we've been to some of these parks, but how would you describe it as a true geologist? So it wasn't until this year that I really realized that this Badlands description was a topographic description because when, if you'll remember, back in March, um, my student and I were out in Southern California and um, the southern parts, southwest parts of Arizona. And we went to a place that they had lovingly called the Baus Badlands, which the Baus is the formation we're looking at. Um, and it does. It looks just like South Dakota. And when you see Badlands, you know forever. And they're called Badlands because there's basically not a lot you can do there. <laughs> there's no vegetation to speak of. And so... Badlands are these lands that are shaped by erosion. They are rocks, kind of. So they're semi-consolidated to mostly consolidated clays, mostly. You'll get some siltstones in there, maybe a few sandstones. But just this very clay sequence that forms these denuded, basically, drainages. If you think of having a flat area of clay and then raining on it a whole bunch, you make these very severe erosional pathways and you make a bunch of them because it basically starts as flat. And so there's a whole lot of drainages because there's no vegetation to keep anything in place and very severe, steep topography if that makes sense. Yeah, so I think of an experiment, I think it was on Bill Nye years ago, where he took a salt block like cows would lick mm, mm-hmm. and propped it up at an angle and started dripping water on, just drip, 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 and then time-lapsed it over days, and you see these deep like, Grand Canyons form in it. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> and I say, you know, unconsolidated sediment has an angle of repose but this is sort of consolidated so you can get very severe angles on the drainages yeah so would you call it i'd say what's friable but that's about it yeah Mm -hmm. essentially um in the badlands that we were in sampling you know sampling is really hard in this because you know how i sample is i have a chainsaw that runs water through it and when you get water on clays what happens they just fall apart yeah so you get a lot of um (laughs) 
here in Oklahoma, we'd call these roads that are made up of clays. And if you got a rain and you try to say storm chase on them, we would call it gumbo. You get stuck in it because it turns really sticky and it's impossible to hold its shape, essentially. And so that's what happens in these rain areas of Badlands. But it doesn't rain all the time or else it would have been eroded. So most of the time these Badlands are in, you know, a semi-arid environments as well yeah so they're dry nothing grows in them poor soil weird steep topography with lots of places to fall not a great place to go visit mm-hmm. you know bad lands uh <laughs> these are naturally like this right it's hard for to get any sort of vegetation and clays anyway. And then you make these ridiculously steep slopes. And so it's hard to get vegetation there. Um, but I guess that there are some anthropogenic badlands where overgrazing has led to the removal of all the vegetation and then created these landscapes, which I didn't know that that was a thing either. Um, but I mean, there's clays everywhere, you know, we have really clayey soil where I live right now. But one of the differences is the overall climate, which is more arid, and the lack of regolith. Right. <laughs> I mean, you've done some planetary stuff. What's regolith? Soil. Right. There's just not a lot of organics to make soil. Now, you can make a crusty layer, right? And you can also get some more silty sediment, like larger pieces of sediment layers within these badlands. Um, and so, you know, you can get some grain size changes, but in general, we're talking about clays everywhere, right? The original environment of deposition of a lot of these badlands is sort of hot, ish like large scale river basins or lakes where you're just collecting a lot of clay right right but no regolith to speak of now and so you have nothing to hold it in place it just erodes <laughs> right and so this gives you all kinds of well, I mean, it gives you high topographic relief gradient, going back to the last show, right? <laughs> yes. But yes. you get all these geomorphological things that people love. So many weird geomorphological things. So when you went on your, we were both on Johns of the West several, several years ago. Did you go through South Dakota? <laughs> you do realize that was like, uh, I said at least nine years ago. <laughs> I said several twice. <laughs> several, <laughs> several years ago. <laughs> yeah, for large values of several. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did you make it to this part of the country? This is where we ended up on ours. I did. Uh, oh, I very okay. briefly made it into some of the Badlands. And what do you remember about them? What was your impression of them? It was like walking through a tailings pile. Oh. It's almost... Now, I love it, so I want to preface it with this, but it's almost like a hellscape, right? Yeah. 
it's so the lack of vegetation is so foreign even more foreign than say being in you know the grand canyon or canyon lands because at least there's scrub there there's nothing yeah just nothing (laughs) it's it's like um actually a really good description is watch the old original star trek yes and when they go down to a planet it's badlands in Mm -hmm. fact they used badlands for some of those yes yeah it's so strange and yet we made a national park out of it so are there some there are some interesting things um that are going on there and not the least of which are all the weird geomorphological features you were just talking about because this differential erosion because i said there is some grain size change in here so this differential erosion can give you some really weird um features basically and i mean the first one isn't really weird but it is fun to fun to um talk about or to see on a map and it's a that buddy. is <laughs> that's why it's fun <laughs> it's a beaut <laughs> <laughs> right and then when you see it on the map they're always named stuff so you know elephant buddy or <laughs> what's the difference between a plateau and a butte do you know <laughs> i'm gonna say size yeah mm-hmm. that's it so you have all of this clay that is easily eroded these small grain sizes but if you get a layer of a little bit more um that's a little bit more consolidated a little bit larger grain size it's harder to erode and therefore you can create buttes these columns essentially um so like mesas a plateau is a very extensive raised surface. Mesas are more isolated. They're broad and flat-topped uh, with one steep side, but buttes are smaller, so that's one part of the definition, and they are steep-sloped on all sides. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. That so, makes sense. Yeah, so you get buttes of varying degrees out there, and those are cool. So these really steep-sided uh, flat-topped areas, and they can erode in between it and make really weird, really weird um, things to walk through in between these buttes. It's very strange. Um, there's also, if this happens on a smaller scale, too, and you get to make hoodoos. <laughs> hoodoos? <laughs> you doos. <laughs> Right. I'm assuming that one of us has used hoodoo for our uh, alphabet, geo-alphabet show. Oh, yes. (laughs) Hoodoos have definitely made it into geo-alphabet. Yeah. And so hoodoos are these tall spires, really, that are formed by erosion, and they're capped by something much harder to erode. So here's where you get like sandstone layers, but everything below it is a siltstone or a clay. And you get sort of these inverted shapes that they look like mushrooms sometimes. They make all different kinds of shapes. Um, And they can be small. They can literally be centimeters tall. I've seen a whole little field 
of little centimeter tall hoodoos. They were super cute. They look like little fairy houses or something. And then they can be huge, like in Bryce Canyon, where they're hundreds of feet tall. Right. Yeah. These are really fun. Really interesting. You can get in a lot of trouble for knocking them down, so don't do that. <laughs> but, right. Yeah. Um, so the hoodoos are the best part. And this isn't just, I just gave you an example, right? Bryce Canyon. So it's not just in the Badlands, but these formations, or it's easy to form hoodoos in these Badlands because you don't have that vegetation and you have these very easily erodible layers. So lots of hoodoos. Right. And you can also get interfluves. <laughs> I didn't remember if we had used that. I don't think we have. I don't think we have either. I'm calling it for next time. Um, <laughs> I had to look this up. I mean, you get the general gist of the word, right? Between fluves. Right. Exactly. But the difference in, you know, this just being an area between a drainage is that all of this stuff in a badlands type topography, like I described earlier, originally started out flat. So it was all deposited horizontally, the same level, and then you start to carve it down. And the interfluves are just higher flat spots in between two streams. Okay, that makes sense. But not two streams that are draining different areas, two streams that are in the same larger scale drainage system. Right. Right. So lots of interfluves. <laughs> so we've got buddies, interfluves, and hoodoos. Uh, yeah. Um, there are a lot of other different, like, the way those interact make for some weird topography. But those are the main ones that you'll look at. Um, also, when we talk about badlands, so interfluves talks about what is the drainage system. I said these are in like semi-arid to arid environments, but you still get rain, right? Um, and the badlands are described as having very high drainage density, which there's a lot of hydrology that I'm not super familiar with, but I thought these numbers were astounding, right? So when we talk about drainage density, density we're talking about the length of the drains over the surface area. So basically, how many flues do you have <laughs> over this area? Yeah, so area? if you had the square mile and it had one channel through it, the drainage density would be one. Right, exactly. Badlands can have up to 747 miles of drains per square mile. So you're not going to find puddles ever. <laughs> Because the only way you can do this is by having ridiculously steep, massive amounts of really steep drains, right? That's... High gradients. <laughs> yes, look at that. <laughs> Bringing it all full circle. <laughs> Bringing it all full circle. Yes, exactly. Like a vorticity. <laughs> um, isn't that unbelievable? That's hard to yeah. fathom. Really? I mean, even on the low end, it's an order of magnitude less, but it's still tens of miles per square mile. Tens of miles per square mile of drains. And it makes sense if you think about being in that landscape, right? So, you know, it makes sense. It's very, uh, very interesting. But 
<laughs> the way these do look will be different wherever you go. So I originally had started to look up um, places where this was. We, My student and I have been working on these Badlands samples that we had gotten. And I thought, oh, okay, yep, Badlands. Maybe there are other places in the world that have these. And it turns out there are some really weird Badlands <laughs> all over the world. Oh, really? <laughs> uh-huh. So our Badlands here in South Dakota, it's a national park. Um, it's really famous. I mean, it's famous for the landscape. It's super ridiculously hot. But what you'll find there, besides some really cool colors, right? Because clays can incorporate all these different ions that make them really neat colors. Um, so you get these stripes of different colors. But there's also a ton of mammal bones there. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that's when we were there, uh, the geologist that was there, paleontologist, was actually doing a presentation that was really cool. And our kids got to go back in the back um, and look at all these really cool small mammal fossils that they had found, which makes sense because if these are clays, there's some amount of water when they were being laid down. So it would make sense that there'd be a lot of animals hanging around there. And so, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of mammal bones that you would find in our badlands. Yeah. And it's also, you know, you get a lot of really well-preserved fossils in this landscape. And if you go to our national park, that's what you're going to find. But you can go to these other Badlands, particularly if you haven't looked at this up, um, or if you haven't looked this up, the Badlands of Turkey. Look how weird <laughs> these, they don't even look real, these geomorphological features. <laughs> yes. And I remember <laughs> seeing a presentation, it's actually on instrumentation they were using out there. Oh, cool. And... and yeah, it seems like a very interesting place to have to work. Uh, yeah, so if you look up the Badlands of Turkey, they have a national park there in the same area. And so theirs are a bit different. The grain size distribution is much larger than in like the Badlands of South Dakota. And so you get some really resistant layers. And they make these things called fairy chimneys or tent rocks. And they just look like these... They look like tents on top of little platforms everywhere. <laughs> yeah, those are bizarre. Aren't they weird? And so a lot of them are also hollowed out and made into dwellings, which is really cool. Um, and they were talking about uh, monks did this in like the 4th century. They started uh, chiseling out the rocks. I thought that was really neat. And so there's like chapels and living quarters and a whole bunch of villages were built that way too. And then they wound up having these really highly decorated underground churches in these, like where the entrances were in these sort of hoodoo looking things. Yeah. Huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and some of the, the badlands in this area are actually, uh, there's ash in there as well. And so the same topography, but the rocks are a little bit different because they're ashes then that are capped by basalts. 
in some areas. So, but it makes the same Badlands topography. I'm still stuck on the dwellings. Like, <laughs> where, where do you live? Like, third hoodoo on the left. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they had great names. I, I'm sure. Like Elephant Butte. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, so that was my favorite one. But these are, it says it's found in, Badlands are found on every continent but Antarctica, which I guess, hmm. I'm trying to think of why there would be, I guess you're not going to see them. Well, and, I mean, where are you going to get liquid water to Exactly, them? yeah, and probably all of that. So they might make some in the future is what I'm getting at. There might be some in Antarctica. <laughs> yes, that you may get to go see Badlands instead of glaciers. <sighs> yeah, exactly. There or Greenland, who knows? Um, so these are all over the world. There's some really cool ones in New Zealand. A lot of these have the name Pinnacle in them because they form these really, um, really tall spire-looking uh, topography, much like Bryce Canyon. So you can get those sort of badlands um yeah any anywhere you want so you could just search badlands it's a really neat topography it's cool that there are sort of different rock types but still erosion acts on them in the same way and i, I thought this is a really cool thing so they said that in the badlands of south dakota the landforms that you're looking at there last about a million years and they're eroding at a pace, which sounds crazy to me, like really high, at half an inch a year. Yeah, that's that's perceptible. Yeah, uh, you could watch that happening. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that's the kind of um, geologic process that you don't have to wait around for. It's actually occurring right before your eyes. Um, we were never there during any sort of rain event but i bet it is not fun <laughs> to be there yeah so i just did the math if you assume that it eroded the same every day which is not going to that's a thousandth of an inch a day so that's the thickness of a post-it note every three days now that's very interesting <gasps> what a hmm. Hmm. yeah that's impressive yeah, that's a lot for rock in quotes. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Um, yeah, so there's this Valley of the Moon in Argentina. You get these things, the big muddy badlands in Saskatchewan. I think that's fun to say. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is just north of the same badlands in South Dakota. Imagine that. Um, yeah, so there are badlands all over the world. There are badlands on other... I'm sure parts of Mars could maybe be considered badland topography. Yeah, maybe, potentially. Mm -hmm. Mars got a lot of clays. Yeah, and I've only been to that one, but the one in South Dakota. But there are I thought lot. you meant the one on Mars, but... Uh, oh, yeah. I didn't mean that. <clears throat> <laughs> That's night science right there. Yes. <laughs> so... Yeah, lots of things scampering around there. That was the thing that I found really interesting was the amount of mammal bones that they were pulling from these badlands. And if you want to do that, 
that kind of paleontology. I do know a lot of people that wind up, you know, studying out there. It is an unforgiving field location for sure. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not fun. But, uh, but that's the that's the Badlands. Well, you know, it actually leads us great into our next segment of the show, which is Fun Paper Friday. Yay! Because this is about something that's scampering around another kind of badland, and that's Florida. <laughs> Isn't this terrible? <laughs> Super constipated Florida lizard breaks records with gargantuan poop is the popular science headline. <laughs> I preferred the popular science headline of deceptively chonky lizard breaks an unfortunate record. (laughs) So this was actually a note in a scientific journal, (laughs) although the link will be to the popular science articles. Um, So, yes. The the journal is linked in there, but you got to dig through like 30 pages to find it. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Um, Lots of snake pictures. Oh, oh, man. And there's some dissection pictures in this one, too, that are are pretty rough. But, uh, yeah, so this chonky lizard that we're talking about is (laughs) these northern curly-tailed lizards, which are an invasive species, I guess, all throughout Florida. And, man... As a PhD student, you do some weird stuff, right? <laughs> but nothing like biology PhD students have to do. Exactly. <laughs> I I really want to know. I, do you just go out to this place and be like, "What are we gonna? What are we gonna find?" <laughs> well, I think you go out and you say, "Hey, we're trying to collect curly-tailed lizards. Let's go to the beach." And as they were going along, they were near a beachside pizza shop and found a very rotund lizard. And they thought, oh, she's pregnant. Yeah, as you do when you find a rotund (laughs) female of any species, right? But when they began prodding, they couldn't fill any eggs, which was a bad sign. And they thought, oh, this might be something really weird. And so they did what any biologist, from what I can tell, does, is you stick it into an MRI or a CT scanner, right? (laughs) And you discover that it's full of poop. (sighs) Much like both of us. (laughs) Right. 80% of the lizard's body weight was, in fact, poop. And that's the unfortunate record. (laughs) That That is the unfortunate record. And... uh, they, they did euthanize the animal because it was going to die because it was mega constipated. Mm-hmm. And, interestingly enough, if you catch an invasive species, you're not allowed to re-release it. Yeah, so there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, the amount that this lizard... Like, I was like, okay, this is a super weird article. And then this was the thing that was very shocking. The previous record of poop to body mass ratio was 13 (laughs) percent and that was with a python yeah 13 percent versus 80 percent full of poop (laughs) i would love to know what the average human you know on 
one o'clock on a given Monday, like, <laughs> what, what is your poop to body mass ratio? <laughs> You'd have to take mine before that. You know, it's got to be before eight a.m. <laughs> <laughs> but like, why did this happen? Um, this is actually this is really sad. Um, I had a lizard that got constipated and died once too, which is awful because of what it was picking up as it ate. So it would pick up pieces of like the bark that was in its enclosure. And I got it from somebody else. And my guess was it had been doing that for a while and it didn't make it very long. And so this little lizard was probably eating sand, which is weird, but it was probably eating sand because it was covered in pizza grease. (laughs) From the nearby pizza shop. So the Western diet is killing these lizards too. It's true. Mm-hmm. And they, so after they euthanized the lizard, they cut it open, pulled the mass out, and there is this dissection picture in the article from Smithsonian that it looks like a lizard suit lying next to something. Yeah, it's that big. Because it had expanded the skin so much. They said all the organs were crunched up into one tiny little corner. This had to be horribly uncomfortable for the animal. Oh, unbelievable. So they said, you know, curly-tailed lizards are likely as invasive as they are because they can eat anything. But because they can eat anything, that doesn't mean they should. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, there you go pizza for dinner (laughs) you know sounds pretty good (laughs) as long as you don't get the sand topping man it's my favorite (laughs) well shannon though we we don't want to know about (laughs) poop to body mass ratios from anybody or certainly have any dissection pictures uh If somebody has a fun paper that they would like to send in or anything else, how can they get hold of us? Show at don'tpanicgeocast.com. We're on Twitter. I'm at Shannon Doolin. John is at geo underscore Lehman. And I just want to thank our Patreon supporters for keeping us reporting these very important scientific findings to you. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, you may do so. Patreon.com slash don'tpanicgeo. And until next week, remember, don't panic. It's not an exact science. I wonder how late Domino's is open. Any opinions, findings, conclusions, (laughs) or recommendations expressed are solely ours (laughs) and do not necessarily reflect the views of our employers or funding agencies.